This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, wouldn't you know it, how about this? What a treat for all of the listeners, all the viewers. Uh, he's back yet again. It's Hans. Wow, Hans, how are you doing tonight? Hello, good. I just realized that uh, that movie's called Terrifier and not Terrorizer, which is what I've been calling it for like the past month. That's all right. You're in good company. <laughs> Stephen King uh, mis mistitled it on Twitter when he plugged that movie and said, "Hey, the Terrifier looks good." Nice. Okay. Wouldn't that be crushing if somebody like Stephen King saw <laughs> Mass State Lottery and was like, "Hey, the Lotto looks good." <laughs> The Massachusetts Bingo looks like an interesting <laughs> movie. <laughs> the Vermont State Bingo Association <laughs> looks fantastic. You just think that's something he's going to every Friday night, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey, it's a horror theme show. We're doing another horror theme show. <clears throat> We're talking about a whole lot of different movies this evening. Some new, some old, and some familiar favorites. Like the VHS series is back. VHS. You know, that anthology series pioneered by Ty West and Joe Swanberg and yeah. Adam Wingard. That is not that at all. Anyway, no, it's huh? none of those fucking guys. They're done with that. Most of them are in hiding for some reason. I don't know. Because they don't want things to come out? I think so. <laughs> it's either that or you, you wind up in a Ty West situation where you deliver two of the most disappointing films of the year. Did you watch Pearl? Yeah, I did. And I didn't all like right. that either. Let's get into that, because I have no intention, I don't think. You know, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It was a lot more of the, in, in my opinion anyway, maybe I'm, just, I, maybe I'm just not a fan of me and Goth. It could be that. But I was not impressed with that one. I did think it was better than X. X was a monumental disappointment, considering this guy's been out of commission for years. We've been hoping for his return, saying, hey, where's Ty West? We need yeah. Ty West. And he came back. And all the wrong people like that movie. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm out on Ty West for now. I'm more in the David Gordon Green camp, to be perfectly right. honest. I'm uh, very excited about his Exorcist movie that Ellen Burstyn only agreed to do so she could pay some college tuition. She asked for the exact amount she, she was in debt for. Oh, that's, that's the only reason why she's doing that movie. But you yes. know what? I, here's the thing. The more that I think about Halloween Ends, and I've rewatched it since, it's great. It's a masterpiece. It's it's almost it's not as good as Halloween Kills, but it's a fun movie. And you know, I watched uh, Christine shortly after, and it's just the same movie. They just wanted to do Christine, the John mm -hmm. Carpenter film. Uh, it, his name I didn't even catch this. Corey's last name in the movie is Corey Cunningham. Arnie Cunningham is the name of the protagonist in Christine. So uh, I also watched Dress to Kill, which is another Keith Gordon film. And uh, he's, he looks like Finn Wolfhard in that movie. He's, he's an even bigger dork, afraid to fuck a prostitute. Dress to Kill is another great movie. And I, I, you know, I, I decided to splurge for my birthday. I am now 32. This is my first episode as a 32-year-old man. How do and you feel? I, I've, How does it I, feel? It feels no difference at all. I feel my body failing me. That's that's about oh, the yeah. closest thing I feel. I fail. Uh, I watched Dress to Kill on a VHS tape that I got because I splurged and I bought a brand new VCR, working VCR. Where's the VCR remote? I got this big old potato bug style nice. remote here and it's working just fine. It was a clean VCR. You know, sometimes, you know, people will... We'll put like ketchup or mustard stains on the VCR. The remote is fucking disgusting. But that worked. 
and it looked good in VHS. I also got Blowout, you know. So I I was watching Dress to Kill, and uh, I I thought, wow, this movie's so woke. I turned it off, and that was it. Was it a original VHS, or was it one of those that people are remaking or re? No, I don't like that, and I'll tell you why. It comes out a little too clean, if you ask mm. me. Uh, see, I, I played back, because I made my own VHS tapes a couple of years ago when I was on that kick before, because they get into these pathological cycles of collecting useless things. And VHS was it for a period of time, and I started making my own VHS tapes, and I made Good Time, I made uh, Heaven Knows What, I made maybe Blade Runner 2049. I made a couple of different movies. And I, I decided to play them back on the computer here because I have an extension that plugs it into the iMac. And uh, it, it's VHS, but it looks a little too clean. The widescreen formatting, you know, it doesn't feel right mm -hmm. to me. But uh, to answer your question, no, this is the original, and I'm trying to reach over for it right now. I've got a collection here with me. I'm just going to start showcasing my VHS tapes on the show. Have you started going to uh, garage sales like Mario Cuomo? <laughs> No, he's actually <laughs> responsible for this because he was posting his stacks of VHS tapes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of miss doing that. No, we've got an original Dress to Kill VHS clamshell Warner Brothers. Oh, nice. Uh, that old, uh, old logo. That's really cool. That yeah. Old There's VHS, uh, VCR store stick, uh, stickers on the box. VCR store. Video store stickers on the box. And I've got uh, a companion for it. We've got Blowout here. So we've got two uh, Brian De Palma films. I was looking at Carrie for a while um and i'll show you one more in my collection this is a favorite of yours not a horror movie so it doesn't fit the theme of the show uh but i wasn't even really aware and i own plenty of videotapes i wasn't aware that the vhs cardboard boxes would come in that similar size enormous box so i got here an original year of the dragon nice. and i don't know if you can tell this is quite large and uh it unfolds and they oh, put cool. it in the tape that way. It's like so, a digipack. Yeah, it's the digipack of the VHS <laughs> tape. So I checked that out. Also, I decided that this is also not a horror film, although there are horror elements to it. Uh, Sling Blade. I think it, it's going to be really cool when you start um, buying these ones that are just complete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut ahead a hundred episodes from now in the podcast, and I will be presenting these to the audience like they're a cool thing. Fox, my copy, my limited edition Fox and the Hound. Wait, North Korean? These... What the fuck is this currency? <laughs> what? What, is what is your North... VPN set to right now, Haas? <laughs> this is North Korean Etsy. Uh, how do we even change that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, for 241 North Korean whatever... Or whatever that is, uh, you can get all of these hideous boxes that would ruin any type of collection that you're. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's good. The plastic that was like a Dis that was a Disney thing, right? They would just put them on this horrible, mm -hmm. like thick, uh, very soft boxes. Clamshells. No, well, here's the thing: in the early, and I just showed you two clamshells, uh, Dress to Kill and Blower, are the same kind of boxes that. That was the standard in the early 80s with a lot of companies. But then they were like, this isn't cost efficient at all. Why are we doing this? This is big and obtrusive. Let's put them in the little cardboard sleeves. So they started doing that. And it took them a little while to, to understand how to do that. Obviously, with the Year of the Dragon one, it's like it's still big. It's like, what, right. what is the point here? The Columbia Pictures ones, 
uh, would also be similarly complicated for no reason. They wouldn't have. So as you can see here, you know, there's a there's an end here. You just slide it out. It's good ASMR for all VHS fans. Um, let's take Funny Girl for example. Where is it? How do you how do you get the tape out of here? What is that? Know. What's Funny Girl? It's a Barbara Streisand film. Uh, so you had to open up. <laughs> you have to open up the side here, which maybe protects the tape a little longer. But uh, it's too complex for me, for my thinking. Hey, you know who I saw this weekend? Who? Vincent Gallo. I, I saw Vincent Gallo. That's right. Yeah, there was a. Do you want to very... talk about that? Uh, what was that called? The A Night that... with Vincent Gallo. No, the the New York group that. Uh... We talked about with someone, the hipster group from New York. What's it called? Are you talking about Dime Square? Yes, your Dime Square event. Do you want to talk about that? Are you allowed to speak about well, that? I'm not allowed to speak about it. Oh, but okay. here's what I know, because our friend, uh, friend of the show, Kino from the Kino Corner, because he <laughs> likes to introduce himself to people, <laughs> yeah. uh, was a, a part, part of the event organizing team. He had to sign an NDA to get in. That was Vincent Gallo's request. And he did not leave with the NDAs. So I'm assuming it's maybe safe to talk about it. Well, if this is paywall only, it's definitely safe. Uh, but yeah, it was a very cool uh, like six-hour event where they screened uh, the Brown Bunny. They screened a Japanese car commercial he did, which was just him making out with some girl on the beach for the most part. A lot of kissing shots, a lot of smooching. Nice. And also Japanese the, girl. No, it was a white girl. And oh. uh, it was it was it also featured a music video for Honey Bunny, which he shot with Paris Hilton. So it was a pretty limited viewing. Uh, I was personally hoping for a screening of Promises Written in Water. This is 2010 film he never released. Hmm. That did not happen. He doesn't seem interested in that. He affirmed that during the Q&A after. So was that was that what the event was? Just him showing some of his stuff? He showed, uh, he showed the, I mean, I don't think he really cared about what was being shown. He showed up and it was supposed to be a Q&A that was conducted by Alex Lee Moyer, who directed TFW No GF and Alex's War. She did not show. There was no word as to why she wasn't there. Uh, but there were a lot of like B, C tier online famous people in the audience. I recognized like eight or nine people from different podcasts, from different universes. I was like, oh, this is weird. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. Uh, Kino knew who I was. That was about it. Actually, I ran into one of uh, Stan's guys, and he was like calling out to me. I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy? I don't know who this is." He's like, "Hey, you're low res, right?" I was like, "Yeah." You're like, "Yeah, I'm oh. low res from Low Res Wonderbread." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm low res from movies and podcasts about the act of cinema. Um, and then I was just making conversation with him. He was at the front of the line because I showed up with Spencer and Mike, who are our special effects team. They came to New York for a day and our hangout, unfortunately, was like exclusively limited to getting to the event. You know, a lot of stuff fell apart. Anthony Cisco could not go to the event and he was supposed to meet up with Spencer and myself and Kino and Kino was hanging out with these dudes from Vinegar Syndrome and um, a couple a couple of other distributors all know each other and they're all under that Vinegar Syndrome umbrella. So we were all heading out to Soho from Manhattan. The trains weren't running right or anything. It was a total mess. And so we were just basically, it was like an episode of The Amazing Race 
but they didn't have tickets to the event, so they're just kind of escorting me to the event. We're just oh. chit-chatting and stuff and taking photos as we go. Did I Anthony felt... have a ticket? Anthony did have a ticket. He had to give his ticket away. Oh. I did not see Anthony that day. That was unfortunate. I hope everything is well with Anthony. So uh, we, I ran into Kino. Kino is not a short guy. Kino, actually, you know, he was in a turtleneck and a jacket, and mm -hmm. he just he popped up behind the, the bars of this fence and didn't leave from behind the bars. He was just talking to everybody from behind the bars. Uh, it, it was a very Kino <laughs> thing to do. And uh, similar to Cisco, first thing he says to me when I get in there, he's like, oh, you're tall. It's like, I, I, yeah. I get that. I've got, well, I mean, I haven't really met a lot of people that I've only interacted with online, but the couple of people that I've met in person, they're always like, oh, I thought you'd be like 5'5". Five, five. And I'm like, what What about this gives you the impression that I'm like a little guy? No, you, know? you, you look about, not your height, but you look maybe a little less than your height, which is still tall. And you, I think you were the tallest guy out of uh, the entire, Until was it the Spencer entire cast there. and crew? I think Spencer mm. is taller than me. Tim? Isn't Tim a little bit taller than me, too? I think? I think Tim's just got very good posture. Right. I think if you just kept your back straight. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's you, my thing. If, if my hunch doesn't allow me to... Mm -hmm. to uh, Wait, hunch? Is that what that's called? Yeah. yeah. Hunchback? Yeah. Sure. My, the so, ball yeah. behind my neck. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to talk to Kino too much outside of that. And also, the after party to the event was canceled because hmm. there was a... 50 something year old man who snuck a phone in and started recording Vincent Gallo. And that he got caught. That they, was Anthony Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they confiscated his phone. They deleted the video. And uh, according to Keener, he had a whole lot of porn that was saved up on there. So that's a little embarrassing. Mm. So he just ruined it for everyone. Uh, I get, I mean, well, the Q and A, all, the meat of it, the real shit, that was done. Um, then they had an after party downstairs. That was not really my scene. It was a very Gen Z kind of, I was surprised at how many like 18, 19 year old, uh, people mm -hmm. were in attendance. Somebody during the Q and A said they were 16 years old and there were, uh, some famous faces. I, I saw Peter Vack of private chat and, uh, assholes there. I saw That's the ion pack. Are you familiar with the ion pack at all? N nope. Well, they're the the quintessential Dime Square podcasters right now. Okay. They all have so a very similar look, you know. Let me guess. It starts with a J. <laughs> no, we're not no, going to Kanye no. this <laughs> podcast here. Uh, okay. It uh, starts with a New Yorker. Yeah, we're very New York. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I saw Marcus Pin, Pinland Empire on Twitter. Nice. Uh, who else did I see? I feel like I definitely I'm overlooking somebody here because there were like I counted like seven or eight people that I recognized from the internet that were in the crowd and at the party. Wait, they go Paul Schrader on their show? They got Paul Schrader, they got Jonah Hill. When they got Jonah Hill, they got everybody else afterward. And I was not a fan of these guys uh, originally, but after their Paul Schrader interview and then listening to their review of Triangle of Sadness, I actually quite enjoy their show. So. Uh, my opinion has changed on the Ion Pack. Uh, because else, of Paul Schrader. Because of Paul Schrader. Which apparently, well, they said during their follow up uh, episode to the Paul Schrader one that they had to break 
and he had to go walk to the liquor store to resume the interview or something. Nice. <laughs> so that's Paul Schrader, everybody. Um, yeah, we should so, get him on the show. I mean, you're probably going to need him to come over to your place. Uh, but... No, I would I would have to go to upstate New York. He was selling a table oh. and I was very tempted to just make the trip to go get the table. I don't just need so you can meet him. <laughs> yeah, just so you can talk to him. It was a free table, too. Was, he said it was, you know, I think it was a couple thousand dollars that table when he wanted to just get rid of it. He's got some some interesting things happening with him. Health yeah. wise and woman wise, I guess it's always yeah. woman wise, but yeah. No. What's what? Let me let me think of like the most interesting thing I can probably share from the event. Um, did you stay the whole time? Six hours. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't I didn't get home until about two in the morning, three in the morning. I cut out. I did not stick around for the after party, and I mean it didn't go anywhere anyway. Apparently the after the real after party was hosted at Lucian Wintrich's house. You know who Lucian Wintrich is? Nope. He but was he uh, like a New Yorker. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> he was the uh, Twinks for Trump guy from 2016. He was like hanging out with Milo Yiannopoulos a lot. Kino stayed at his place. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. mm. So mm. it was it was. A I don't good know. Time. Twinks for Trump. All right. Yeah, and Twinks Gallo uh, detailed two of his unmade films, or not unmade unreleased films promises written in water and what the situation with that was and also april which i guess was like a noir a very uh gritty crude noir it's a comedy did he talk did he talk about uh continuing to work with uh daily wire no he didn't mention daily wire shut at all once good i think he forgot <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, nothing against him, but I kind of want him to do different things than what he's allowed to do with, with them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, I, I think that whole thing is done and over with. The bonfire led... I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. I think they'll, they'll at least probably try and take a stab at a Western show if they can acquire the uh, the the program that Nick Pizzolatto is trying to do, mm -hmm. which I think is called in the tall grass or in, in, something like that. I have no idea if that's on the docket or if that's on the slate or, or what the situation with that is. We'll see. But I do think that their narrative films are done. You know, this Candace Owens documentary. I don't know if it's even out yet. There's a lot of fire around that because Kanye and Ray J went to the premiere. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I, from the new Beverly 35 millimeter print screening of the Brown Bunny, According to Gallo himself, someone uploaded a video online of him talking about how he's working on a film at the moment that he's direct, uh, directed and he wrote the script to. I don't know if those will ever see the light of day, but that would be great. What the fuck? Sorry, I'm, I'm very distracted because they updated the IMDb website and it's just very confusing. Have you seen it? No. Are you sure you're not on the mobile version? Yeah. Look, let all right, let's it. take a look at this <clears throat> in real time. How about so this? I wanted to see his, I guess, in production or whatever, but they just did this. Like, it doesn't look I can't just see everything anymore. Yeah. Um, This doesn't look terrible, maybe. I don't know. I would have to see it myself. Pull up your IMDb. Let's take a look at that. 
listen, I, I, I don't mind more condensed shit because I had a separate IMDB under my real name. And then they somebody merged that with the low res Wonder Bread one, which has a bunch of shit on there, like this fucking the short films and skits, which, which <laughs> I made to try and look like I was busy so I could get yeah. some real jobs and it worked. But I don't want a hundred different like like two minute skits we fucking recorded for comfort systems as my filmography director ninety films. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you're the Eric Roberts of directing. <laughs> Hans, you yeah, produced because... twelve different movies. That's really oh impressive. yeah, right. Egg like her... from 2014. You've been Mark... active for almost ten years. But that series where I think I said a word. Where I think all... I said wow or something. Uh you didn't even appear on that. I just used a clip oh. of you from something oh. else. That you're thinking of uh After Dark, which I have not even put out yet. And it's kind of like redundant at this point because I'm using the real camera for this show now. So right. that might not even come out. I might gallow that, just watch it myself for myself. Yeah, this is, I don't like this. I'll just, I'll get used to it, but I, I'm used to just being able to see everything. Six, four. Six, oh yeah, four. my my girlfriend saw that and she was like, why are you lying? Or <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I didn't do that. I think sure Laura's did. Sure <laughs> I was did. like, I'm not going to lie about my height again. Do you recognize these stars? I, here's what I don't like about IMDb is you have to pay 20 bucks a month just so you have your face on there. Oh, is that how much the pro is? Yeah. Because I got the 30-day trial, and then after that, I was like, I'm not going to fucking pay. No, there's no point. Shit for what? I don't, I don't even think people really check that the same way that they check. Well, yeah, of course they do. Uh, if you're like a, working on an indie film or something, you it's just convenient to link someone to your IMDb. But uh, I, I think like film fans, if they're digging into the film archive of somebody of a director or an actor or something then they're typically going to letterbox or they're going to maybe rotten tomatoes wikipedia I, yeah. I think imdb's purpose is there but it's not uh maybe the most accurate yeah and i, I saw you were looking into dennis franz yeah <laughs> i wanted to see if he was alive oh, he, i believe he's still alive yeah i don't know how active i haven't seen him in anything in about 25 30 years uh the last thing they have listed here is nypd blue 2005 that's why i was wondering if he was still alive because it's been how old is he because he looks 77 oh all right you're right 77 it says google he, he looks about 45 years old and everything everything which, yeah. which means he showed his ass on that show when he was what pushing 60 then it sounds like Oh, he doesn't actually look that. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say he doesn't look that terrible for his age, but a couple of photos here. Well, listen, it's more of a lateral, yeah, look than anything else. This just, is him being like young, right? Forties. <laughs> yes, ugly and creepy, and now he's just kind of rosacey and, and yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's fine. He almost looks friendlier now. Right. With that big white mustache. Braille. Uh, what horror movies have you been watching lately? Uh, well, I watched Terrorizer, which is not called Terrorizer. Uh, ter Terrifier. Terrifier 2. Damien yes. Leone's Terrifier 2. Yeah, that was fun. That was... Uh... 
I, there's a lot of things that I really liked. Um, and I, I, I think, uh, the reason why I liked it more than a movie that we're going to be talking about in a future episode, which is uh, Barbarian, is because I knew exactly what I was going to get. So I, I already knew that, you know, it's not going to be a, a rich, complicated story. Uh, it's going to be this clown being goofy and uh, violently killing people uh, in a lot of practical effects. And that's what you get. So I... I enjoyed myself, even though it's it's a little longer than I, I would have liked. Uh, it kind of uh, drag at some drags at some points. Uh, some of the performances were really bad, uh, but it's it was what I was expecting. So I I you know it's not trying to put a, a, a what's the what's the saying veil over your eyes and pretend to be anything else than what it is. Uh, so I guess that's why I appreciate it. And I also have a, a little soft spot for like B movies and this is i think it sh should be considered a b movie because of the acting talent and, and it is absolutely a b film yeah. in, in the true sense uh you know what i was curious about it because of the runtime because there are no horror films unless they're prestige horror films from a24 right. or whomever that run two hours and 18 minutes and i'll tell you what it didn't feel two hours and 18 minutes to me i i i, I thought it was interesting that it had a longer arc to it than yeah. most horror films or even slasher films, I guess, would typically have. It feels like there's an A section and a B section. So I, I did not mind it. I don't know if it was really my cup of tea personally, mm -hmm. but the effects were, were good. And I thought it was a, a direct improvement over that first Terrifier film, which yeah. I did not find impressive at all, mm -hmm. except for the kill. I thought the kill was great in that movie. And uh, yeah, the, the level of acting is essentially... It, it goes from, all right, yeah. so if Terrifier 1 has like D-level acting, this is maybe about a, a C-level of acting. Yeah, yeah. the mom was particularly, I don't know if you remember, but she was it's like, oh, mm. no, she's, she's very upset. She's going to let you know that she's very mad. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that Art the Clown character yet um, because it's very, well, it's a, you know, it's an uh, immortal villain right that is just goofy and then just slaughters people in very graphic ways uh but i've seen people putting him in the same category as like um freddie and jason and all i those. think and that I, is premature yeah uh, in my opinion i don't I, I don't think he's a bad villain at all and i i think he's got uh, a very distinct look to him so i don't mind the character but i think there's uh, room for development there and, and I, here's the other thing too Something that I maybe is important about these slasher characters is, and this is maybe what the problem with Victor Crowley was with the Hatchet series. I think if multiple people can use that same character and build upon it and do something different with it, and it still maintains a level of quality, then that's what ultimately produces it is like a slasher villain. That was the thing with the Saw series, right? It didn't have the same right. director or writer. It didn't have James Wan and Lee Winnell helming every single installment. And with Freddy, you had a couple of different directors. You had Chuck Russell, I think, might have been in there. Uh, obviously, it started with Wes Craven, Ronnie Yu for Freddy vs. Jason. They all understood what the character was, did something different with it. And uh, it showed a certain durability that went beyond the creator's talent. So I, I think yeah, if it... Damien Leone uh, were to step away from the Terrifier series and someone else were to take care of it for a second... That would be the uh, the litmus test, I, I suppose, and seeing if art has legs beyond 
his grasp. Yeah, it needs a couple of really bad sequels, just like every other one of those icon icons, and then a couple of good ones, mm -hmm. and then and then a, a bad modern one. Art in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, art art goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need one where it's just going to be a, a cool nerd turned uh, punk teenager on a motorbike yeah. with his girlfriend. We need his his origin story too. So when did he become a Harlequin clown and? Why you is need he Anthony Michael Hall saying art dies tonight with a big yeah. old baseball bat and beer <laughs> belly. Yeah. Did you see the post credit scene where with Chris Jericho? Yeah. Where I I mean I guess because the hero of the story cuts his head off and then the girl, like the other clown girl, takes the head away. Mm -hmm. And then that woman that was almost murder on the first movie that appears with her face all fucked up gives birth to his head that was cool <laughs> that was a cool <laughs> way of uh of uh i guess reviving a character that died but you don't really believe that it died uh and i yeah, i was it not died. expecting that at all mm -hmm. yeah you know i i think they might have ripped that look directly from the woman who had her face mangled by the chimpanzee yeah yeah yeah, yeah. damn that is Should've a tragic tragic story always makes me sad when i read it that chimpanzee should not have been out he was going senile he didn't ha he wasn't on his meds you know but here's the thing too about all these animals gone crazy story if someone reads a story like that or they read uh the grizzly man story they watch grizzly man and they go see this guy this person should have never been around this wild animal that's what's going to happen and yes that is what's going to happen yeah but you're also failing to take away that for like 20 years, that chimpanzee was totally fine. The grizzly man lived among the grizzly bears for five or six years. Of course he's going to get fucking eaten. What else threat is there if you're living among grizzly? It's going to happen. But yeah. for five or six years, he still managed to live among the grizzly bears. And they treated him as an equal. So no animal is, oh, fuck, that is scary. That's the terrifier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I love Plato. <laughs> uh, what's uh, um, the new flesh? God damn it. I wish I was good at quoting things. Long live the <laughs> new flesh. Uh, yeah. What was the story here? She went to visit her friend and then her monkey went crazy and attacked her friend. Ah, uh, damn. Like it's there's not a monkey on the far left. Look at that cute little monk, mischievous monkey. It's not <laughs> It's not even, you know, the the owner of the monkey, the one that got all fucked up. It was her friend that just came over to visit. Yep. Yeah. And then you remember the the phone call where I do she's inside of the car calling the police and you just hear the monkey hey, going crazy in the background. There's the, the photo of Travis when he did the incident. Not when he did it, but that's what he looked like. He's a big boy. He's a, a big, big, chunky old, boy. Big old titties. Big old <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. When they get that old, you you can't fucking keep them right because they do get senile and they get crazy. They get agitated. Well, she would drug him too, right? Yeah, they what would have to give him Xanax or something. Ambien, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not the best thing to do. A savage animal that could rip your fingers off and your face. Well, nobody wants to part ways with their beloved pet. Although, 
listen, putting him in a sanctuary and visiting him every weekend or something is a lot better than the police putting fucking five bullets in his chest. Well, do you remember uh, the story of this family? I think it was a family or a couple that had a monkey like that and they took him to the sanctuary and one day on the monkey's birthday, they brought a cake to the monkey. But the other monkeys got jealous. So the other monkeys attacked the man, ripped his balls off, ripped his hands off. And do you know? You know no, I haven't this? heard of this before. <laughs> yeah. So they, they were like, oh, we're going to bring a birthday cake to our, our monkey. And then the other monkeys were like, well, where's, where's my fucking birthday cake? <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I there have never boss. heard this story before. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Please uh, do. Did the monkey survive? Did they leave the monkey alone with his cake? I, mean, I don't really give a shit about the human. If the, uh, look, you know what you're walking into. You got to know that's always a risk. Don't get comfortable. Yeah, I, uh, I'm terrified of monkeys. I mean, the thing I'm... is, I don't know if I would ever want to be around a monkey. People who are just so comfortable and they just, I mean, because monkeys are, are so chaotic and mischievous. And, you know, they even if they're like domesticated. They might slap you around. They might pull your hair. They might jump on you the wrong way. You know, they might just start jacking off. And then your little fun yeah. monkey just, pet is ruined because you realize he's a pervert. They just splash you with monkey cum. Uh, okay, here it is. This was on 2005. So <sighs> chimpanzees broke free from their cage at California Animal Sanctuary Thursday, chewing off most of a 62-year-old man's face and biting his wife. Uh, they have visiting their former pet chip mo at the animal haven ranch mo has been removed from their los angeles home why do you have a monkey in los angeles uh for aggressive behavior the couple who have brought a birthday cake to mo were standing outside his cage when two other chimps buddy and ollie attacked um he was in critical oh i'm gonna check if he died a critical condition with massive injuries to his face arm and leg his testicles and a foot were severed <laughs> Uh, how oh my god can you what did they do were they biting through him were they just i mean i guess chimpanzees have that crazy yeah. strength that Joe well, 62 year old about. 62 year old man too so his balls Tender are probably flesh. very low yeah <laughs> very you know he's probably wearing shorts they just pulled him off uh but yeah well he that's... lost his face can we google this man sure what's his name james I feel like the woman who had her face torn off uh, eventually got like a face transplant or something, a second face transplant, and it, she looks a little more normal. Well, that's the one I showed you. Uh, yeah. This. this <laughs> she oh, that's the updated very, one. She just looks surprised all the time. But before that, it just looks like two slabs of flesh oh, like this. Yeah. All right. I, mm, whoa. Okay. What the looks like a Goomba. This? Did you see that woman? She looked like a Goomba from Mario. <laughs> I mean, not anymore, luckily. So it's not insensitive, right? But that's how she did look. Yeah. That's almost normal. You kind of just look like a burn victim now. You kind of just look like one of those uh, My 600-pound life or whatever <laughs> <laughs> shows. It was just on a bed. Oh, what is this boy? man? Let me find this, see if I can find if this man died or not. I don't think he, I mean, maybe 2005. He could be dead from natural causes that's by true. now. Yeah. But yeah, Terrifier 2. It, I mean, if you're into that kind of movie, it's, it's not bad. It's a watchable film. I think I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. I think... What, oh! Uh -oh. oh, what? The, oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, what are we looking at here? Mo, the chimp owner. Oh, he was a big, fat man. That's 
okay, okay. Let me he see. He was fat, and they still got through him. All the more impressive, if you ask me. All right, well, he got off easy. He could just get a nose slapped on there. That was him before. Where's his... Then he gained some weight. You got the monkey got there in the back. Where is the horrible picture with just holes in his... There it is. Aww. I mean, He's it's like, not, mer. It's not <laughs> 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 just in a, in a constant state of mer. Look at his claws that he has for hands, too. That's not the worst outcome. He could easily get an, a fake nose put on there like Michael Jackson did. It was a big boy. I mean, he was 60 when it happened. What, is he going out and getting new pussy? I don't think so. He ain't. That chimpanzee's adorable. Oh, I think he already got one. Isn't that the that magnets that they, they magnets they put in your face where they can attach the fake nose? I get why'd he take it off then? Are you looking for sympathy now? He should be more worried about that fupa in his sweatpants. <laughs> his lack of Yeah. Oh, there it is. He's upset. Because her husband uh -oh. looks like that. Wait, no, no, no. Search for Mo the Chimp ongoing. So he escaped. Mo the Chimp escaped. Do we have a... Oh, right. no. I hope okay, Mo me... came back. Let's see. What happened to Mo the Chimp? Well, this is from 2008. Yeah, so it was two different scandals, two headlines with Mo. Mo the Chimp. <laughs> There's no updates. 2009. Oh, tw no. Yeah, 2009. Is Mo Trackers. Uh, is Mo still with us? Oh, my God. See, this is a... <laughs> he was living a good life, actually. Look at these pictures. Of little Mo there. <laughs> An adorable little monkey with his family. It kind of looks like uh, John Fetterman there. That yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh see if they were like cute like that then it's just like you know what i have a little classic life magazine photography here this perfect 1950s family it's a gun in the back ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not a happy ending you're about to read so if the pictures made you smile I'll leave it at that Take oh this is the one now. that i had open yeah I guess the the thing to get out of this is just don't have animals and can't don't get a pit bull. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not getting a pit bull anytime no. soon. Get no a chihuahua. I can just punt it if it gets <laughs> if it gets mean. I'll just punt it across the room. God, no, not something that you have to like stick two chihuahuas. To They're the most annoying fucking yeah. creatures on the planet. Never know yeah, when but... they shut up. But you're not afraid of them biting your face off because you can't fit your nose in their mouth. So that's yeah, that's good at least. Mm. You know, what's the, the way to get uh, pit bulls from unlocking their jaws? Like sticking your finger in their butt? Right? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think someone <laughs> lied to you about that. Oh, boy. So we don't have any update on what happened to Mo the Chimp. Did he ever return? He was 42 years old when he took off. Wow. Maybe if I search for found. Mo Kate. is short for Mogumbo. Very African. <laughs> um, uh, it's missing 42-year-old 42 42-year-old 42 monkey. God damn. I'm not seeing any updates here on what happened to Mo the Chimp. Maybe he just he escaped. That was it. He's just hiding in a cave in somewhere in California 
waiting for his thing. That's that's the nice ending. The real ending is probably he did not know how to survive in the wild and fucking died. Yeah, someone Um, ran him over their truck. No one's running a chimp over. Um, (laughs) At least I I don't think so. All right, let's get back to movies. This is movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. Have you seen any movies about chimp attacks lately? (laughs) Gordy's home. Right, we covered Nope. Has your opinion changed on Nope at all since watching it? I haven't really thought about it at all, to be honest. I think it's one of the lesser offenders of horror movies this year. You had a very accurate tweet yesterday, which I think Barbarian stoked because Barbarian yeah. people have been over the moon about Barbarian, and you said it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's, like eh. it's mostly good. No, it's. <laughs> I just feel like, and and I was talking about this to my girlfriend yesterday because I was like, I feel like, uh, like I just can't enjoy anything new, you know. Ever, I, I started looking at my letterbox and I was like, am I just so uh, cynical now that everything I watch I dislike, but everything that's not horror ish, like I watch Climax, I like that. Uh, Great. I movie. watched, I watched uh, Driller Killer. That was fun. Uh, I have never seen that before. That was that was. Uh, not great, but I, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, Phase Four, which is a movie about ants that attack people. Mm. From mm. what is this from? So uh, eighty something, eighty seventy four. So that was cool too. I watched the Watchers Two, which is a Charles Band movie from nineteen ninety. That was also very fun. Uh, but I feel like uh, because like we've been getting a lot of horror. Uh, recently but a lot of it just feels the same yeah. and my biggest problem with with uh, barbarian is that i like a lot of it i liked a lot of the the, the way that it was shot and i, I kind of liked where it was going but then and this happens with a lot of modern movies they just take a turn to convenience and they take a turn to well now the character is going to be really stupid and it's going to make very dumb decisions that no one would make in this situation just so that the movie can move forward and i hate that like that immediately takes me out of the movie especially if you're setting up someone that is not stupid and then all of a sudden at i don't know minute 45 they just start making dumb decisions so that they can get caught by the villain or so that they can be in peril and it's just it feels very uncreative and very just like a like everyone's just taking an easy exit and an easy way to end the movie and that really fucking bothers me. Uh, well, and- as far as Barbarian goes, I'll just get this in right now. Uh, a big thing for me that I have noticed, and this was also with the Dahmer show, is making the police look like they don't ever do their job whatsoever, yeah. and it's a plot convenience. It's like. Did you come up with this script in the middle of 2020 where you thought you were saying something, you know? And it's just like, oh, man, this fucking crazy bitch who speaks perfect English and doesn't sound drugged up at all, but she's got a little dirt on her forehead. I guess she's a crackhead. Yeah. You know, it's just that kind of ineptitude that is not believable. Uh, And it feels insincere within the story and within the, the world of that movie. You know, uh, I enjoyed Barbarian for the most part. I gave it a little bit of a higher rating on Letterboxd than you did. But I also thought that if this movie were put out in 2015 or 2014, it would just be a standard average movie and it wouldn't be this 95% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, pick. I mean, I think this movie has gotten the most well-received criticism 
and uh, reviews of any horror movie put out this year, Barbarian. Maybe I'm no, wrong about that. 92. Maybe I'm overlooking yeah. something. But I feel like that has been the, the, the star uh, example of the horror genre for 2022. And I, again, I didn't think it was bad. We'll get into it on a future show very soon. But I didn't think it was anything special either. I thought it was inoffensive. And I think that they, you know, I think they took the wrong approach with the Justin Long character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they tried to do a lot of things with that character. And then it ended up not doing anything with everything they set up. Mm-hmm. Like Some whole... of the character turns just felt insincere also with that particular character. Yeah. Yeah, well, right from the beginning, I don't want to get into it because we're going to have a, a guest to talk about it. But I just saw it yesterday, so I'm very bothered and <laughs> I still have that thing of like, are you fucking, ah, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into it in a future episode. It's just, uh, and this is something also that I've noticed in a, a lot of recent movies where you set something up that I'm interested in and then it goes nowhere or they forget about it and they focus on other things and it's just like no but the good thing was this like the good setup was this part and it's completely forgotten just so that the movie can i guess work uh and that that really sucks really grinds my gears well why don't we get into the vhs installment that was just dropped because we did bring that up at the start of the show and then we overlooked it probably because you haven't watched it yet and you probably probably aren't gonna watch it (laughs) yeah um you know, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but when Shudder acquired the rights to the VHS uh, franchise... That explains everything. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, I don't know if they did it... Um, you know, I don't I don't know if they did it in lockstep with the production company or whatever on that first one, VHS 94, but it didn't really have any standout segments. A lot of people were hyped about it. They were into that Ratma character you know, monster. And I just was not impressed at all. I really thought it was terrible. And maybe the worst thing that I watched in 2021, it was such a letdown. And I'll tell you what VHS viral, which was the end of the VHS trilogy for a period of time, released very low key, no buzz about it at all. By comparison, I mean, that still felt like part of that series. VHS 94 did not really VHS 94 felt more like the movie Satanic Panic, in my opinion, which was atrocious. And I don't know what the hell Fangoria and uh, I think Sinistate produced that one, unfortunately, before their demise. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, putting money into that and putting that cheap Portland piece of shit out. I hate Portland horror. Portland <laughs> horror is just, it's the worst, most detestable, aesthetically detestable genre that there is for anything, for writing for film it's just unpalatable what what what's some of those portland horror movies because i i i don't know well there's this the satanic panic my best friend's exorcism that was a book uh that got adapted to an amazon movie recently with i forget the actress's name but she started in uh it was it eighth grade directed by bo burnham mm-hmm. just anything wacky or create you know M. Night Shyamalan is delving into those waters. He's adapting a Paul Tremblay book. That's the one with the, you know, um, there's a trailer that came out recently. I forget the title. It's not the, the name of the book, but it's a gay couple on vacation somewhere with their Asian adopted daughter. And it stars the guy from Mindhunter and Looking. 
that is based on a Paul Tremblay book, and that would fall into that category as well for me. Didn't Shutter scare package, right? They tried doing the anthology thing before, and he was a big dud, too. They premiered it on Joe Bob's Last Drive-In, maybe. Or that was like the big coming out party for that film. I, maybe they dropped it on Shutter before then. That would make yeah, it sense. It says it was released exclusively on Shutter in 2020. And then there was a sequel. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they produced that. I think they just acquired that and then made it their, like an original retroactively. Oh, okay. Which uh, might have been the case with the VHS movie. I want to say Bloody Disgusting might have put that out or might have had something to do with that. You might want to cross-check that. But anything... and. Actually, Terrifier is an, exe- uh, an exception to this rule. Anything that Bloody Disgusting or Fangoria or any of these horror labels, horror as a lifestyle, horror as a community, always shit. Always yeah. terrible. It's like, how do you not understand? It's if you, so... it, it should be a slam dunk, but it isn't. It's all you have. It's all you do. And for whatever reason, they don't understand what works about the things they claim to like. So then you end up getting something that seems like it was written by someone that either doesn't like horror or doesn't get what works about horror. Uh, and it's like, is, isn't, wasn't this like a magazine about this? Like, how do you put a magazine's monthly about horror and then you can't figure out what works? Uh, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's a huge thing too. Uh, there's a, like a big, horror community of people that just identify as horror fans uh and it's kind of sad when they're just willing to support anything even if it's trash just because it's horror you know instead of being critical about what they're consuming because they know because they're horror fans but instead you know, you got things like VHS, whatever the last one was called, where everyone was they, well, praising it. And... Yeah, they did VHS 94, and that was horrible. And then this one might be a very slight improvement, but it's also really bad. And I hate to say that because the director of Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, did an installment of it. And it's just like not a single uh, short in this movie is redeemable. Flying Lotus did one. That was yeah. I was interested in seeing it just for that because I I saw his movie. Oh fuck, what was it called? And it, it felt like a like a Adult Swim type of thing, very wacky, very weird. Uh, so that was the only reason why I was going to watch this. But that was maybe the most watchable. But even that falls apart. It, 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 I thought if they had just left it as like a failed Legends of the Hidden Temple style episode with the guy who plays Trevor in Grand Theft Auto 5. He also pops up on Better Call Saul and um, The Walking Dead for a couple of episodes. If they had left it at that, and it was just like a gross out, oh, a kid broke their leg or arm or, or the bone pierced through the skin, that could have been fun and cool, and I would have given that a good review. But the fact that they take it and say, like, of course, you got to go the obvious horror direction. It's like, oh, then they kidnap the host and they torture him in the basement. And oh, I don't get, oh, fuck this over it. I'm looking at a clip of that. It, it doesn't look like, like they, they put a filter on it to, yep. I guess, make it look like VHS, but that's not what VHS. Don't you remember like. VHS tapes having depth of field when you would shoot with it? You know, this it wasn't is... just all this crunchy fucking sharp image. No, it's, hey, we're going to shoot with an Ari Alexa. And then in Premiere, 
we're just going to add a VHS overlay. We're not even going to run it through the VCR first. We're just going to do it that way. That's mm. not what VHS looks like. That that you know what that looks like like a VHS app that you can get on your phone for free or that you have to pay 99 cents so that you don't get ads every time you export something. So that's that's very upsetting. All of this shit at the bottom like the tracking is all fake and you can tell it's fake. Mm -hmm. It's just very, it just feels very low effort. And I don't want to shit on Flying Lotus because I really like his music and I really enjoyed that movie and I know he's very creative and very out there with his ideas, but this just seems lazy, you know. Like and gonna... it, listen, it might not even be his fault. It could be as simple as if you run it through the VCR, it's not going to look good when we upscale it to the 4K streaming or, or 1080p streaming. And if you, I mean, there's a lot of problems if you're going for a conventional audience where the real thing will be off-putting. But then don't do a VHS don't call it that anthology. Thing. Exactly. You know, <sighs> it would have been better if they just called this something different from the jump, but they acquired that title. And now anybody is free to hop in and out and do as they please. And they'll probably make it an annual thing. I suspect that this one probably did as well as the last one. And we'll get another one next year. We'll get VHS 2000. 2000. <laughs> cool. Until they get to what? 20, 20 something. 2022 when people are still using the video. VHS. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll go back in time. VHS 1979. Well was anyone still using vhs in 99 yeah yeah vhs yeah. was still a thing um oh, yeah. okay i wouldn't say that people you know even dv cams were not that popular once mm. the video camera died people didn't really make the jump to the mini tape or the or the uh disc cameras at all by comparison i would i would say that the interest in doing home movies and whatnot obliterated itself by about 50 percent and then once cell phones and everything, then people got back into it. But people weren't really feeling the digital, uh, you know, video medium. Right. Yeah. What are they going to turn it into then? Cell phone? I guess. They're going to have, <laughs> that point will eventually come. I think by the time we get out of this 2000s aesthetic era, people will be into the, hey, I just shot this with my Razor cell phone style of <laughs> how that's going to look. Silent no, video. not audio, because I don't think I've said audio. I, I remember no. right. When I no, first and that's, that's another thing, too. If you did run it through a VCR and then that was the short, then you're just getting a lot of mm -hmm. on top of your audio. And that's so off-putting. Yeah, I remember that was the first cell phone I ever bought. So when I was up there. I well, I, th I think the cell phone audio issue is it sounded like it was underwater. Yeah. It was a the lot microphone of, was horrible. Yeah. yeah it, it was almost like if you ran a denoise filter over your, your audio several times, uh, that was pretty rough going. I don't know. Have you watched anything else as far as horror movies go? I feel like I, you know, I've rewatched The Exorcist. I don't have anything interesting to say about it, though. I think we've said a lot in previous episodes. Then we have. What do we have for that exorcist episode? Exorcist, exorcist Nobody. Three. We had Jack on for two. Oh, right. That Maybe we should two. cap it off and do a third exorcist. Show. We never did. We never did the three. I think I watched it and then we just never got to around to it. Should we do uh what came out after three? Oh no, we did mention at least mention. I think I, I feel like we've we, spoken about Dominion. We did on the Paul Schrader retrospective episode. Oh, right. But we right. didn't really get into it. And I 
watched some of it on Tubi recently, and it was at least the opening was better than I remembered it being. Hmm. So maybe maybe that might be something. I don't know. Maybe we just gotta <laughs> wait till David Gordon Green's Exorcist comes out. And yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't think we can have a full on episode of On Dominion three. Three is three, more I think interesting. Yeah. yeah, three. There are two different versions of Exorcist three. Have you seen the original work print? No. It's on the Blu-ray, and it also got leaked onto like Pirate Bay, which is how I watched it. Mm. It, it was uh, when it was originally just being called Legion, right? Um, and it's quite different from what the finished cut was. And you know, there's a lot of video essayists who have covered this topic much better than I will. But essentially, they had to go reshoot chunks of the movie to give it a more firm exorcist tie. So they brought back Jason Miller, who plays Father Karras in the original, and had him play that role, even though Brad Dorff shot the entire movie as that character in The Gemini Killer. And instead, in this, and what did get released, he's just playing The Gemini Killer. So he comes up from Jason Miller's mm. dead body, but Jason Miller is still Father Karras. Um, both versions are good. I actually do think th my, my opinion originally was that Legion was better uh, because the exorcist sequence at the very end of exorcist three feels a little shoehorned in there. But, uh, I, I think on the whole, it's probably a better movie than, uh, what they had going on before. Is that the one where they're testing, uh, what's her face with a bunch of ele electric shit? I remember I just electronic shit. Like I remember. No, no, no. no. That's Exorcist Two: The Heretic. Oh, that's two. Okay. Then I don't think I ever saw three. Huh. Three has George C. Scott, who's the best angry man in the history of film. So <laughs> the saddest, the mm -hmm. saddest scene from from Hardcore. Uh, I watched a movie called Grand The Grandmother. Uh, it's a Spanish movie that's really bad. Um, I I what it, I'm trying to remember what it was about even. Uh oh yeah, her grandmother is sick and she's taking care of her grandmother. She's a model, and then her grandmother had a stroke or something, so she can't move, and then she doesn't speak. But uh, when she's not looking, her grandmother gets up, and then she goes to the door and she stares at a door, and then the grandmother is not there anymore. It's very creepy. <laughs> it's really. <laughs> It's really bad, and at the end, at the end, they do a whole Freaky Friday thing where the grandmother gets into her body, and now the grandmother lives there, and the young model—it's in the body of the grandmother that had a stroke and and uh, can't move. Uh, out of nowhere, just a complete like right, we don't know how to end this shit. So, so let's say that she's been living for hundreds of years, just doing that to to, I guess, her rel relatives. I guess sounds very Get Out. Wasn't that yeah. the whole premise of Get Out? I don't, I don't remember. I'm honest. <laughs> I have to. I will have to give that one a rewatch. Here, here's a. Have you ever seen the uh, the Curse of Michael Myers, the producer's cut? No. Which one is that? That is number six. That's with Paul Rudd. Oh, no. I don't know. I've seen it, but I, I don't know if that was a director's cut. That's the first Halloween movie I think I've ever seen. I think my mom rented it on pay-per-view when I was like six or seven. And uh, I always thought it was horrible and boring and terrible. Uh, that, that was, I think, the first Dimension Films Halloween movie. So it had that slick polish and style, but it was still mm -hmm. using the cast from the 80s minus the 
Danielle Harris, Jamie Lloyd. They got some other girl and killed her off. But that was Donald Pleasant still. They have the Thorn Cult. I don't yeah, know what yeah. the hell was going on with that movie. But uh, there was a producer's cut that was always long talked about. It's like, oh, this movie got mangled by the studio. The producer, however, the pro for the first time ever, the producer's cut is apparently better. The producer's version of this movie is apparently the superior version. So you'd get uh, copies of it passed around at conventions. And then eventually they decided to just put out a Blu-ray of it about two or three years ago. It's out of print now. It's a rare item. But I've never seen this producer's cut of hmm. The Curse of Michael Myers. I was kind of in the mood to check it out, uh, given that. I'll find a, a leak. It's probably on oh. one, two, three movies. You know what I did wind up having when I was 13 years old? I remember I was at a flea market. And uh, maybe I wasn't 13. I think, when did Halloween Resurrection come out? It was 2002, I think. So I it might have been... Was... 11 or 12. Yeah, 2002. And I really liked that movie when it came out in the theater. And I went to some flea market that was in a small town in Massachusetts, like Mashpee or somewhere. And somebody was selling a bootleg of it on DVD. You did not see bootlegs all that often in Quincy, Massachusetts or anywhere else I was hanging around as a boy. So I was like, I got I to get this. I got to pick this up. So naturally, I bought the DVD. What was interesting about the DVD was it was not the movie that was put out in theaters. It was an early cut of Halloween Resurrection that was called Halloween the Homecoming. Hmm. And it had it opened with a completely different scene that had like Michael Myers as a boy. And um, I think Jamie Lee Curtis, when she dies in that movie, she splats onto the ground and they cut that out for some reason. In the in the movie that came out in theaters, she falls into like bushes and dies get swallowed up oh yeah trees. yeah i remember that when Looks she's horrible. hanging she's hanging off a building mm -hmm. uh there's a blu-ray halloween six the curse of michael myers unrated producers cut at amazon for 70 dollars. yep that's right because it is no longer in print yeah or you can watch it in prime video too apparently for nine bucks no nope. four bucks nope I don't think so. I think that's a little too much for me. I can watch the great <laughs> Halloween ends for free on Peacock right now. So you better come up with something a little bit better than that if you want me to watch it. Is it called Halloween 666, producer Scott? Yeah, they're just getting a little creative with it. You know, when people were like, oh, it's going to be called the Snyder Cut. And then Zack Snyder's like, nah, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> they want to do something different. Remember when 666 was like, ooh, don't say that number. Fucking gross fat bitch <laughs> yeah. in Oregon. Yeah. Tattoos. Cool. Boy, howdy. Do people still care about Satanism in Costa Rica? Are yeah. they afraid of it? Yeah. It's the third world. What do you want? That's yeah. that's that's all a lot of people have, just their God, you know, their religion and you know what movie afraid. you know what movie really predicted that well is Rosemary's Baby. I just watched Rosemary's Baby recently. And all the Satanists in that are fat and old and <laughs> dorks. And it's like, wow, this is so on. Like, you nailed it. You nailed it. This is completely it. Um, you know, the Hollywood guy, Cassavetes plays, selling out his wife's womb to right. Satan. It's like, of course Hollywood is in the mix here, too. It's all... Polanski got it. He got it. Yeah. Um, when he's right, he's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I was also looking into, I think it was called, and I might be confusing this with the book, whatever happened to Rosemary's baby. They made a sequel to Rosemary's baby in the mid seventies with none of the original cast. They got Patty Duke instead of Mia Farrow. See, look, look what's happened to Rosemary's baby. Yes. That's, wasn't there a, a sitcom called Look What What's Happened? What's Happening? Yeah, what's it's a black, <laughs> poor kid sitcom. That's right. That's connected. That's part of the extended yeah. universe. Well, there's no black people in this movie, so I don't know. I don't know who uh, where the connection no, is. No, that's there. the remake. They got Zoe Saldana to birth the Antichrist. That's kind of racist. Wow, this poster is horrendous. Let me that share. was during the Obama era. You remember when they, they came out with a Bible? Mark Burnett did a Bible show and the devil looked exactly like Obama. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephen McCaddy. Look McCatty. at this poster. Mm. It's so bad. This is worse. I love that the apostrophes are crossed. Very, very <laughs> that doesn't cool. even make sense. <laughs> wow. Did they do a third one called uh, Whatever Happened to Rosemary's Baby? Or am I just thinking of the book? Uh, wasn't he in Watchmen and Pontypool? This guy? Yeah. Huh. I think he was just the old? Uh, Elder Night Owl from Watchmen. Stephen Mac... That's not him. Pontypool, Watchmen. Him? The oh, yeah, that yeah. is the good... Yeah, that's Pontypool fella. That movie, Pontypool I've been fella. meaning to... I've been meaning to rewatch because I remember liking it a lot, but that was like 2010 or something. I bet I watched it sucks it, now. Probably. Oh, he was Damn, in he was in 300, 300 too. With that John Fetterman goatee. Yeah. <laughs> it's just popping up everywhere. Maybe it was just really popular 15 years ago. Nobody noticed. Did you watch clips, by the way, of that debate he did with Dr. Oz? Dr. Oz is the luckiest fucking guy in the world. Because yeah. first of all, Dr. Oz on election night was losing. They said the other guy had it, right, for his primary, for the Republican primary. And then they just did a recount the next day and we're like, oh, Dr. Oz has 30 more votes than this guy. And then the guy <laughs> conceded. It was like they got blackmail on him overnight or something like, oh, fuck, Oz is losing. Right. Oh, pull out the pull out the, the child porn on his PC mm -hmm. that we planted there. Uh, he's going to concede. Now this happens. The stroke happens and you have this fucking, you know, he looks like Hugh Crane from The Haunting. Can we just look at a, a portrait of Hugh Crane from The Haunting? I feel like... This is the exact same guy who's running for Pennsylvania senator or whatever the fuck this election is. I could give a shit about Pennsylvania. I'm sorry for all the profanity tonight, boys and girls listening to this. Uh, but yeah, he looks like Hugh Crane from The Haunting 1999, Jean de Bont of Speed fame. There he is. All right, maybe, maybe not the placement of the Harris, right? He's got more mutton chops, right? Yeah. But you can imagine where someone would come up with that. So, oh, God, I forgot Liv. What is her name? Liv, not Liv Tyler. It's the other one. Liv Laugh Love. This, yeah, I forgot she died and turned into a happy ghost at the end of the movie. It's like a screenshot from Casper. Yeah, uh, was that, that the third Owen Wilson getting decapitated by the fireplace? Is that the third girl from Charmed? Is that that is? No, she was like fifty when this movie came out. Oh, playing younger. Is that Liam Neeson? It's yes, been a Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones. This was supposed to be a Steven Spielberg and Stephen King crossover, 
and Stephen King was like, it was supposed to be the haunting of Hill House, right? Mm, which we got later with your friend, uh, what's his name? Mike, Mike Thompson. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike White. Chuck and Buck. Motherfucker Mike. Mike, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Mike, which I watched Midnight Mass also, and I am not impressed with that either. It's very going for small town vibes, but from an atheist perspective, which doesn't it, work. Isn't every single one of his shows kind of the same? Yeah. It's it's like this uh, Dahmer guy. What's Ryan Murphy? Mm. I feel like every show you watch, the same issues that every other show has, he just repeats them and people just don't care because they keep watching them. But uh, I remember when American Horror Story was very popular uh, and I was like, well, a horror series, let's let's watch and see what this is. And I would make it like three episodes in and just like, I care, this sucks. Uh, I feel like this Flanagan guy also suffers from the same thing where he's just making the same show but with the characters changing a little bit but it's pretty much the same thing that you get from from all the other shows he's done for netflix what he's trying to do with midnight mass and things like doctor sleep and other properties is he's trying to get that like down home small town new england uh vibe that i think was encapsulated very well in the 1970s and part of the 1960s you see it a lot in like soap operas from that era or primetime uh procedural shows like things like dallas and whatnot hmm. uh, salem's lot i think is the all-time example of that because they just took peyton's place and they added vampires and they give you like a good idea of what the town is like and what the characters in that town are like what they believe in a three-hour span right and it, it, it's the go-to example of that for me anyway and mike flanagan seems hung up on trying to recreate that but adjust it for modern sensibilities which if you go to any of those types of towns now in new england they are occupied by and i'm taking a lot of jabs at the satanist portland horror crunch community but it's them it's these ratty tattooed 20 to 40 year olds who have no children whatsoever you know they go to poetry readings they they drink ipas they're, they stink. You know, they, they, they stink. <laughs> they don't have families. They, like it, that's the type of person that occupies a lot of these towns now, and you can't get that rich, warm vibe from those people. And uh, again, they're also non-religious, which I'm non-religious. I'm not. I don't give a fuck either. Matter of fact, I bought I bought a videotape, and it came with a pamphlet that said Jesus saves. They're trying to convert me for buying a videotape. I was ready to leave that guy a bad review, putting his junk in my home. Was it the Barbara you know, Streisand movie? No, no, it was not. <laughs> it was uh, it was another film. Uh, but listen, you can't do that. It doesn't feel sincere. There's a certain vibe to what that is now, mm -hmm. and he's he's going for that Midnight Mass. He does not accomplish it. It feels very, just very atheist. I think a part of that is family, family values, Christianity, and then the dark seediness that exists under that. If you're just a gross person. Right? If you're just a gross young person, you, your diet is birth control pills and Pabst Blue Ribbon. Sorry, you don't have that. It's fucking dead. You stink, like Hans said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't get the the creepiness of the small town thing or that even the, the vibe of what that's like that you could get before. And now, like you said, everything has been gentrified by stinky people. So it's difficult to pull it off when... And, and also, everyone's very ironic, too. Everyone's very, like like 2020s uh 
smirky, um, uh, like bantery kind of. Uh, you don't get the warmth, I guess, that you would get in those old. old what you get anymore, instead. So that's the majority of it. Absolutely. I think that has corrupted the millennial and Gen Z generations, if anything. But what you get in place of what you just said is this sort of like faux sincerity, uh, you know, just sentimental, forced shit. Like they think that they have to be that kind of warm person and they try too hard. It's just the, the, the vibe of Ted Lasso. You know, Ted Lasso is like sentimental. Hey, you know, we're good people. We, we love each other sort of thing. And it's like, nah, this, this is, this is, this is fake. This, this is not, I, you know, this does not pass the sniff test for me. It's, it's all that office, G, uh, what's his name? Jim on the office, John Krasinski. Yeah. Phoniness. Well, you don't, you don't think that a, a goofy uh, coach that knows nothing about soccer, sorry, football moves to England to be a football coach and then he makes it by by just being goofy and nice. Isn't that the type of comedy show you want to laugh with your Never. friends? I, I regret <laughs> even seeing a moment of that show. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. <sighs> I have a friend that we like soccer, so we talk about that a lot. And and every time there's anything new about Ted Lasso, he sends it to me. He's like, have you watched it there? And I'm like, I don't, I have zero interest. I like Jason Zakis. Anyway. Yeah, I, I like Jason Zakis. I think he he was one of my favorite uh, SNL cast members. When I he like when there. he summons yeah. his ex-wife to court. But still, like I'm, I have zero interest in, in you know, feel good comedy about did this you, goofy uh, guy. Did like you this. see the report that said he threw himself in front of Olivia Wilde's car in the middle of the night to prevent her from bringing some soup to Harry Styles? Oh God, that's so that's sad. such like an undignified, yeah, like dying like a... relationship thing to do. Like he's, just, I don't know how how you get into that mentality of thinking this. Hey, listen, this woman, your wife, is going to visit the One Direction boy to bring him soup, the family soup. Yeah, midnight, at three in the morning. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. at> midnight. <laughs> just let her go. Damn, like dude, you're gonna, you're just gonna. You're going to have a story that you laid down in front of a car to prevent her from doing that. It's not going to like it's not going to change her impulse to go do that. Very sad thing. I don't know. Yeah. He seems sick and twisted to me, too, though. Well, who know. isn't in Hollywood, right? Shia LaBeouf, maybe. He seems right. pretty honest to me. John Bernthal just seems like an arrogant. I was, I was about to mention that. Did you watch that podcast? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I watched it. And I saw clips later on as well because it like recycled into my YouTube feed. And uh, John is Bernthal you... is like the worst equipped guy for a podcast. Is it just like uh, a very successful guy pretending to be just still a regular, you know, yeah. blue collar? John, guy? yeah, yeah. What is it called? Real one. <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Great, great name of a podcast for an actor to have. Yeah. Uh, and he wears this like fitted cap like he's 26 and just says, yeah, yeah, true, true, fair enough, true. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, uh, it's almost like that uh, South Park episode where they're like, how does Family Guy get their jokes? And mm -hmm. it's just alternating the same one to two word sentence out of John Bernthal's mouth. Um, but he's fine as an actor. I enjoyed him in uh, Sharp Stick. He was a massive loser. Lena Dunham had two movies out this year. What's Sharp Stick? Is that the one that starts with the twerking? I think so. I don't know. With the cell phone footage? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. John Bernthal is good in that. They gave him like a Mo Howard haircut where he's just even even more. Oh. And they gave him a retarded son. 
which kind of fits his like personality in that movie. Lena Dunham plays his wife, his frumpy wife. So that movie's uh, pretty decent-ish. But her other movie she put out, Catherine Called Birdie, was actually pretty good. It was a little, little too long, but it was good. So she's back? She's back. The pig is back. <laughs> I'm so excited for the girls' revival that will surely come in four uh, years. They just have menopause. It's just like sex one in the city. Them, but... No, it'll be one of them will be they're going to recast the entire thing because they probably hate each other just like sex in the city. Right. Right. And it'll be a Mexican. It'll be a black. It'll be a Jewish white girl. And it'll be a trans woman. Mm. And that's the, one, is that still, that's the one that's going to fuck the most. Yep. <laughs> and Lena Dunham will be like the Bill Murray to their Charlie's Angels. Bill Murray's huh. also in trouble. We're, getting, we're cycling through all the news topics on this show. Oh, is he? This, this podcast is just called The News. The Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He, I remember that the article that came out that he like hugged a, a lady very aggressively or something and she felt it was sexual. She felt his erection po poking into her. Uh, you I don't think know. that's what still happened happening? The Aziz film. That's Is that's it, what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. So he, uh, according to what I have read, he was just being an old man that hugs and hugged her too aggressively, and she felt uncomfortable. So and now... the president does that every week. Yep. <laughs> Come on. Aziz is shutting that down. Aziz, you fucking phony. Please. But it's the claw, Aziz and Zoe. Aziz the claw, I'm sorry. But I mean, he's in the new Ant-Man movie, which is very sad to see Bill that Murray? he's... Yeah. Oh, no. Well, did he, you see Harrison Ford signed on to do... He's got a Marvel contract now. Well, he so, was Disney already. Like, what's this? Yeah, but I thought he was, like, done because of the... I mean, with Indiana Jones being his last one, I thought, all right, well, he's too old to play these action roles, but he's taking the place of... Um, not Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott was it in the 2004 Ang Lee Hulk. William Hurt. He's playing William Hurt's character. Mm. General Thunderbolt Ross. That's very unfortunate. Yeah, let's see. According to Deadline, uh, Murray, he's 72, kissed and straddled the woman on set. I'll just say like Joker at the end of Joker. Murray. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was allegedly horrified, interpreted his action as entirely sexual, and filed a complaint against the actor. Uh, and he paid $100,000. All right, so then continue the movie. All right. Business right. as usual, right? Right. Gina the... Davis had something to say about him. Because oh. they worked. Did you ever see that movie, Quick Change with Randy Quaid, where it's a bank robbery and uh, her and Randy Quaid are his accomplices, but they're working from the inside. That's a fun early 90s, late 80s movie. Warner Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember his shirt. <laughs> Uh, I was confusing it with my cousin Vinny, but I remember this. Hold up on New York is calling French. Um, what did Gina Davis say? Well, here, here I'll give you the, the article right here off top of mind. So apparently, Jack Nicholson, before Gina Davis was uh, famous, would go out to dinner with his agent, who was also an agent to a number of models. So he would just kind of like feel out all these different models and see who he wanted and have his pick. And uh, he slid a note under the door that said, uh, or his agent did, said, call Jack Nicholson. And so she's excited or whatever. Well, she turned Jack Nicholson down over the phone. Can you imagine that? Can you believe that? No. In the 80s? No. Well, she said she took advice from Dustin Hoffman that said, you know, if you're, you're getting hit on by a famous person, an actor, just say, oh, I 
find you attractive, but I would hate for our sexual chemistry to be disrupted, you know, and I feel like we're going to work together soon. And, uh, Jack sure. left it at that. Jack, Jack said, wow, where did you get that one? When she <laughs> you know, which sounds like him. Yeah. Yes, of course. Jack Nicholson doesn't need to harass. So he's like the guy who's probably gotten laid the most in the history of Hollywood. Um, which is why he looks like that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drain of life completely. Mm-hmm. Just. I have a picture of him saved on my phone of just like crumbs all over his shirt and Happy's look on his face at the basketball court. But anyway, so that was, she was just outing actors who had hit on her. And Bill Murray, on the other hand, appeared in her hotel room with one of those big wand vibrators and said, let's use this. 80s vibrator. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, back massager back then. And then what'd she say? That part is left out. Okay. But now he's the bad guy. So everyone's coming out with their Bill Murray Uh, stories. Bill Murray's bad guy. You know, the the funny one was Seth Green said, oh, I was dangled over a trash can when I was nine years old. My favorite part about that is that he's such a little guy that he could probably still do that. You could do that now, yeah. 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 Uh, He's such a worm. Yep. I don't know if there's any man under f- like five, six with with dignity and authenticity. <laughs> Danny DeVito. All right, there you go. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. True, true. Fair enough. Um, all right. Mag, Mag, hold on. Mac G, yeah. the director, said that Bill Murray had butted him while working on a movie together. This is just making Bill Murray sound awesome. Lucy Liu said that he mm. started to hurl insults at her during the rehearsal. I rehearsal for Charles Angels. Charles uh, Angels. Yes, I, I read a, I read that Lucy Liu story years ago that apparently she showed up late on the set one day or maybe she didn't know her line or something and he just railed her out in front of uh, the entire cast and crew. Good. Be professional. Be on time. What the hell? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you think? Alec this... McBeal at the time. She's the star, right? What do you think that this big start from the 80s is just going to have time to wait for your asked to show up he hated chris farley with a passion he hated adam sandler <laughs> ah will murray sounds awesome i don't know still yeah, I, know. I think all of the snl people from that era were probably just assholes except maybe dan Aykroyd. dan Aykroyd seems nice but kind of weird because he's canadian yeah yeah that's that's it i'm, 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 sure, I'm sure eddie murphy's be... not the nicest fella either right no, I just, I, I don't think he's not nice. But I bet you back in the 80s, he was not a nice guy. I bet you he was arrogant as fuck. Well, because he was on top of the world, right? He was yeah, the and at 20 star. years old. Yeah. He was like 20 years old, saving SNL, having hit movie after hit movie. Yeah. Comedy specials that are still funny to this day. You know, um, yeah. Chevy Chase, everybody points to him as like the, the all-time asshole. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I always liked Chevy <laughs> I like even Chevy after Chase. even after everything came out with uh, what's his name from Rick and Morty. Uh, oh Dan, no Dan Harmon looks like the. I yeah. mean, listen, people were on Dan Harmon's side when he decided to reveal that and play voicemails on. I think it was Opie and Jim or one of these shows, right? Um, no, he did it at a, at a at a show where he. I think he was doing his podcast or something live, and then he did that there first, which is where it leaked. I don't know if he did. Did he do it on like a a show like that too? Yeah, he did. He did something on. Uh, I think it was uh, Anthony Jim was gone. Sam, I think I feel it was either Jim and Sam or Opie or and Jim. Opie Radio. He was sharing something about that, but yeah. At here's what happened at the rap party to Community. 
where people's friends and family decided to show up. They wrapped a season or something. And Dan Harmon took it upon himself to just grab a microphone and tell everyone about how horrible Chevy Chase was in front of his wife and his children. Just like a total piece of shit scumbag human being Dan Harmon is. And if you watch, by the way, if you watch his documentary, Harmon Town, which was about him doing his podcast after he got fired from Community, he treats his girlfriend terrible in that documentary. Nobody wanted to say anything. He got me too, eventually. Not even for that, for something else. He treats his significant other like a total piece of shit. It talks about how he strives to get tears out of her when he's in a bad mood. Just what kind of sick... They always look the same as well. Just very wide, small, with the grayish, like, undeveloped beard. Very Harvey. Disgusting. Very New York, as you put it, right? Um, Right, yeah. (laughs) uh, So, yeah, just horrible. Horrible guy. And uh, Chevy Chase, yeah, I'm sure he was a prick, and he was terrible on the sets of movies. But you know what? Um, One of the best leading men, and he would make hits, so... Put up with it. It's a also, little more deserved. I love National Lampoon's Vacation. To yeah, this day, yeah. So. It, and uh, he was great in SNL at that time too, which wasn't very good, I don't mm-hmm. think. Uh, and uh, there's yeah, there's a lot of classics that he stars in. So he earned the the right to be an an asshole, especially when before the internet, when none of this will be known unless it was leaked on. What was what variety was maybe around at the time? Uh, it would be someone's autobiography. There would be oh. a small blurb in a chapter of someone's 400 page autobiography that would say this bad thing happened. That was it. That's how you would try and cancel somebody back in the 80s or 90s or 70s is you write an autobiography about yourself. And then there's a little snippet there that says something negative. Like Marley Matlin wrote about how William Hurt beat her up or raped her or something. And people just ignored it. He was still in the Marvel movies. So it wasn't that effective as going on Twitter and doing a 12-page thread. Uh, Chevy Chase, I think there is a good debate to be had about whether or not he might be the best comedic leading man in a film, period, or most consistent, mm-hmm. best. Uh, who who else could be in that conversation? Bill Murray. Bill Murray, his, <laughs> the successor on SNL, of course. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I think Bill Murray is made. I mean, Jim Carrey, maybe, who had hit after hit in the 90s. Jim Carrey had a decade. And I would say that Chevy Chase and Bill Murray's career start late 70s and go to the like aughts. Even Ve- look, Vegas Vacation is not a good movie. Chevy Chase is fine in that movie. Bill Murray is still good today because he yeah. doesn't do comedies really. Yeah, he's that. I, I just think it's it's really funny that you're you're trying to quote unquote cancel someone that's so successful. Where if he just stops getting work, he's like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm eighty and I'm a millionaire. Who cares? You know, what are you gonna take from them that they don't already have? Uh, and then, you know, when when it comes out and he's like, oh, he hugged someone tightly. It's like, is mm-hmm. that? Oh wow. And uh, I, 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 an eighty year old man hugged someone and was inappropriate with his hug or you felt uncomfortable he's an 80 year old man what do you expect you know <laughs> just push him over it's, yeah exactly it's, that too it's, it's <laughs> it's like how, how strong could bill murray be how old is he right now let me see I, i'm betting he's like 76 77 72 but oh. he looks very frail like he's he, you know he doesn't have broad muscular <laughs> shoulders or anything that looks like he would be able to 
hold you or anything. It's just like, look at this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it seems like a complete overreach. Uh, I don't know. Do do we got anything else to really go over here? I, we just passed the ninety minute mark. Damn, he looks like one of the ghosts from Scrooge now. <laughs> like, how are you afraid of this? Look at those liver spots. I mean, I would face. be afraid of that if he came up to me and tried to hug me and he had an erection. I'd be fucking Fair I'd be scarred. It's not that happy Bill Murray in the in the like Cuban Pete hat and shirt right there, having a good time down in Miami, Florida. Yeah, no, it's you this know? one. <laughs> it's, it's disheveled Bill uh, Murray. I don't know what that is. Uh, but yeah, what? sorry, you were. I think you were closing the... Yeah, we can close out the show on that note. Bill Murray's innocent. Let Bill Murray go do a proper Groundhog Day sequel. Bill Murray, Mass but... State Lottery 2. <laughs> Actually, you know what? No, cancel all these famous people so I can afford them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get Chevy. Let's do a body cop movie with Chevy and Bill Murray. I would love to work with Chevy. I think Chevy's in the same category as somebody like James Woods where... Mm-hmm. They just won't lower themselves to do a, like a low movie, a low-paying movie. So they just uh, don't do anything. I don't know. He was in the very excellent Mister Dundee in 2020, which was about Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, that was an Australian. Hold on, I don't think that was poorly reviewed though. It was okay. kind of a questionable movie, but it was like a big Australian film. No, was it? I think so. How sad is Australia? <laughs> they don't have any cinema. Hey, Chopper was good. I watched Chopper recently. Yeah. Chopper's a fun movie. All right. Yeah, that is, look, that's the end of movies for this week. Uh, we'll, we'll catch back up and uh, be covering in the coming episodes. Now, this may change, so don't get your hopes up here. We're going to cover William Friedkin's Bug. We're going to cover Heat and also L.A. Takedown. It's... Uh, original incarnation that Michael Mann tried to do as a TV movie. It's on YouTube for free. And we'll also be talking about Heat 2, the book, even though that moment has kind of passed, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we're also going to be doing a show on Barbarian. So look forward to that. That's going to close out October. And that has been Movies for this week. Thank you for listening.